This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. I have Dr. Joanna Martin on the show with me today, and we're talking about a really important topic that many of you probably need to hear right now. Impact without burnout. How do you build your brand, build your credibility, make a difference in the world while still looking after yourself and not reaching that total overwhelm? So thank you so much for coming on the show today, Joe. It's a pleasure to be here, Anna. I'm really looking forward to it. Now, you have quite an incredible organization that you you lead and actually help, uh, you know, you are, you're the founder of one of many. And I have heard so many amazing recommendations and referrals for one of many and your work. So tell us a little bit about what you do, what that is. Well, it kind of started back when I'd just given birth to my son. He was about six weeks old. And any mums out there will know how that precious moment is when you're holding this tiny little person. I was breastfeeding him in this darkened room and you have all of these creative ideas and of course, no time to do anything with them. You know, I was uh, as an entrepreneur, I had a million ideas, but no time. I had one of these wake up moments where I don't know if you've ever heard that quote from the Dalai Lama that gets bandied about a bit in women's circles that he said at the Vancouver Peace Summit in 2009, that the world will be saved by the Western woman. Now, I don't don't know that he was necessarily meaning Western women. I I think he means women of resources. Do you know? and there's just as many of them in Africa and the Middle East and, and, and all around the world. But I think what he was getting at is this women with resources and compassion are what it's going to take to change the world. And I'd heard this before, but in that moment when I was feeding James, I was reflecting on this and it dawned on me that he wasn't talking about the Hillary Clintons of the world or the Kamala Harris's of the world or the Theresa Mays of the world. He's talking about us, you know, you and me and my neighbor and my sister and my grandmother and my auntie, women who, what I would now call grassroots women leaders, we're, we're women who can lead from within wherever we are with an impact in our community, an impact in our organization, through our small business. And I truly believe that if enough of us women step up into the small or large leadership roles that we're being uh, called to, if we can find the courage to do that, but more importantly, the sustainability to do it, to be able to do it without burning out, then I think we truly can change the world. I really believe if we can get to 50-50 leadership across all domains, that the world will have changed to get there. I 100% understand that. And for me, you talk about calling. For me, I felt very much that I had this wake-up moment that I knew I was capable of so much more than I was doing and living. But what does it look like when I step out of the bounds of of being that mum at home and having the children and actually say, no, no, this is me too. I can be that and I can do that, but there's more. And a lot of my work is driven by the desire to help people rise within themselves, step into that potential and make things happen. But the reality of that, I mean, like you, I'm very ambitious, I'm driven, I'm purposeful in what I do but I have a busy household. 
have children, I have a husband, I have a household, I've got school runs. Right now, I don't have to take the children to the clubs because we're back down in lockdown. (laughs) But I'm sure like you, Joe, it's how do you step into that leadership when you have so much going on in your own life? Well, I think it's got to start with a paradigm shift, Anna. That's the thing that we we start with with women, which sounds like a big place to start. We've got to shift paradigm. But I think it's because... Just like that. Yeah, just like (laughs) that. Ready? Ready? Say, look, let's go. Um, But I think for so many women, and, and I think this impacts men as well, you know, culturally, if we if we kind of look at it, but but for women especially, we live in a space where we think that the only way to impact is to be more of the archetype of what I call superwoman. Superwoman is the archetype of our times. Do you know she is awesome at work? She's awesome with family. You know she's she's awesomely getting her manicures and pedicures and going to the gym and doing the clubs and doing the school runs and doing everything and getting the dinner on the table. And there's this expectation. We have such huge expectations of ourselves. And I believe that our superwoman energy is a highly adrenalized energy. It's an energy which is capable of burning us out if we stay in it too long. Mm-hmm. So the first thing we need to do is to, know, is to shift and know that if we do shift, we, there's another way of leading. Most people don't step up into greater impact because they think it just means more burnout, more superwoman. But what we talk about at One of Many is the fact that there's a completely different way of operating where we can be just as effective and just as fruitful, if not more so, but without all of the downside, without the highly adrenalized downside. And we call it soft power. And it's a far better way to operate from. It's interesting that that you talk about that adrenalized action because we're talking today off the back of my book launch. And any of you who are listening, who follow my work will know that it was kind of a a crazy day for me yesterday, hitting number one in 37 categories, which still kind of blows my mind. So awesome, Anna. Well done. Uh, Even just being able to say that sentence, I just kind of can't really believe it's not sunk in. But I... I was on an adrenaline high. You can't function at that level all the time. It's not possible. And I'm really open with people. You might see this shiny result. You might see that I'm having impact and I'm a global bestseller and all of those accolades and achievements. But behind that sits my family who had a really shitty pesto pasta tea. The mm. kitchen is a mess. The house is, is a disaster zone because you can't do everything all at the same time. And mm. particularly not if you're trying to function on that adrenaline because mm. it doesn't work. Mm. And I think this is a key piece, right? Is the recognition that if we're going to do an adrenaline push like that, we are geared up to do that for 15 minutes not even 15 days, certainly not 15 months. And most women who come into our community have been operating in that kind of state for an exceptionally long time, some of them for years. And it's that which is, I think, the thing that is holding us most back from our leadership and from our impact is because we think that that's the way that everybody does it. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it has been the way that women have done it because thankfully to our foremothers and four aunts and four grandmothers that, that opened the doors for us to even step into the workplace, you know, not that long ago, really, if you look at it from an evolutionary perspective, we've kind of got a seat at the table, kind of, but what we're thinking, we have to play the game the way that our male counterparts play the game. Mm. And to, to be fair, they've got a shed load of testosterone in their bodies, which is that focus hormone, right? That allows them to focus in, to be to aggressively go after a goal. They've got a bunch more of it than we do. When we run out of testosterone for that kind of result, we start running on adrenaline. I think this is why women suffer from 
job stress and burnout at a 60% higher rate than men do because of the hormonal balance, do you know? I think this is a critical piece we miss. So we have to find a way to work that works with our natural advantages and natural beingness of our our femaleness, if you like. It's interesting you talk about the hormone impact of of how we operate because it's huge. It's huge. And not just whether there's more estrogen or testosterone, but the, the cycles that we go through. Absolutely. And I think we totally overlook our cycles, right? Yes. I mean, seven days before my period arrives, it's what I call doomsday. And it does oh. not matter what anyone says to me. The world is ending. Yeah. You know, it's the day to homeschool my children and divorce my husband and yeah. fire half my staff. To be fair, they're all brilliant. But it's on that day, you know, we've got this added little piece. And But then, you know, just after our period, we often have like superpowers. We have huge amounts of energy for longer days. One of the things we talk about a lot in our community, um, as, soon as, as soon as people are inside anyway, we don't put it out there at the front, but is, is how to work in, I guess, collaboration with your own inner cycles to be able to harness your superpower times and, and know when you need to be resting and pulling back and organizing your schedule around it makes a huge difference. But even, Joanna, that, that we're having that conversation about uh, we're successful women, we have tribes, we have people looking to us. But if we don't mention that we fall and that it happens often then we can't really lead in the way that we need to lead. So Mm. just, you know, I've just had this book launch. 10 days before that, I could have walked away from everything. I would have quite happily not picked the kids up from school and just sort of driven off into the sunset, closed (laughs) the business down, disappeared, shut all my social media accounts. That's not really who I am. That's not really what I want. Mm. But it's very easy, particularly as you go towards your 40s and your mid 40s and beyond, to lose yourself in some of that. Mm. I'm really Mm. curious about why the burnout matters to you. I'm sure there's a burnout story sitting behind what you're doing and why you're driven to share this, Joanna. Yeah, absolutely there is. I started my working life as a medical doctor, actually. And uh, whilst I was great at it, I knew it wasn't my calling, it wasn't my thing. Mm. So alongside school, I'd, uh, well, whilst I was at school, I'd also done a lot of drama. So, you know, I did what every self-respecting doctor does and left it and went to drama school. <laughs> you went to <laughs> drama school? The, Where did you go? Where did you go? The Actors Centre Australia, which is the, uh, <gasps> which is the old uh, stomping ground of Hugh Jackman and Nicole Kidman and so on. Oh. Not while I was there, unfortunately. No, but it's, I, I'm an actor. So that's my background. At the Actors oh. Company in London is where I trained. But, oh. but that's really interesting because the more, more people in this kind of leadership space, so many of us have performance backgrounds somewhere in our past. Yeah. I think it makes a difference, right? It really does help. And I think it was whilst I was there that I came across the industry that I'm now in, which is the coaching industry. I didn't even know it existed. You know, certainly wasn't at my career's day. But uh, I then, alongside drama school, started a small coaching practice. But before long, I was headhunted by one of the fastest growing personal development companies on the planet at that time. And I became their head of research and training. So I I was, I was, I mean, it was a dream job, you know, I was, I was in my late twenties at the time and I was flying all around the world. I would have weekends where I was in LA one weekend at the Wilton theater. Then I'm over at the XL center in London, you know, 3000 people at a time. And then back in Sydney the next weekend, which was fabulously glamorous, but my body was not keeping up. And I remember on my 30th birthday thinking this, I I can no longer stand on stage and say, these tools help you to create a great life where I was no longer in control of my life. This was the interesting thing for me at that time. I was looking at the other men in the organization, other trainers that I had hired and brought on. 
and they were all doing great. You know, they, they could fly, they could perform, they could party all night and get up and do it all again the next day. And I really felt there was something lacking in my physicality, in my body. I felt like my body was letting me down. But then when I nearly burned out by my 30th birthday, I, I, I resigned and, and my uh, contract there, I finished my contract and, and took a rest. And during that time, I started looking into, really looking into what would it look like to operate from a different way of being. And I came across a lot of books and uh, courses and things on the difference between masculine and feminine energy, which I had so much judgment around femininity. Do you know, I, there is no way I wanted to be associated with what I thought femininity meant. But as I looked into it and I appreciated that actually at a cultural level, we're spending a lot of time in what I now call the masculine paradigm, where it's all about achievement, where, where we celebrate values such as individualism and competition. And there is no space for, at a cultural level, there's hardly any space for us to rest, to be, to collaborate, community, family, humility, you know, we're always in active mode and never in passive. You know, we don't, can't, there's no, there's no balance at a cultural level. And I saw this clearly in my own life. And so it was during that time that I started to dig in on what does it mean? What is, what is feminine power? What is this thing? And that's where I came across because I saw no, I saw at that time, no role models of strong feminine women. They were all strong, but highly masculinized. And I always think of Maggie Thatcher over here in the, in the UK of that kind of the iron lady, immensely strong woman, but very masculine paradigm. You've got to be very ballsy to make it because it's a exactly. man's world. Right, exactly. And they were the only references I had for strong women. So I looked into archetypes and I looked into Jung's archetypes and he, he talks about um, the four archetypes of the mature feminine. He talks about the queen energy, the mother energy, the lover energy, and what I call sorceress energy. And we've also added a fifth in in our work, the warrioress energy, because I think there is so much we can do from our warrioress energy as well. So at one of many, we work now with these five women's power types and there is nothing weak about queen. There is nothing weak about mother. There's nothing weak about lover energy. These are powerful energies, but they're also anchored in our in our softer nature, do you know? And by softer, I don't, I don't mean you know, warrioress will stand up and fight. She'll chain herself to a tree if she needs to, you know, she'll do what she needs to do. But when the fight's done, she shakes it out. She parties, she rests, she, she comes back inward. And for each of these, there's more of this balance. Because you, you can't fight all the time. You can't do it all of the time. And we need to be able to move between each of these. We need to move out of our, you know, you're clearly a great queen energy, you know, someone who holds a vision for her realm. You've got a really clear direction. You're taking your community, but you can't stay in that all of the time. You know, if you stay in queen energy all of the time, your team burn out because they sacrifice themselves for the vision. You've got to come into your mother energy, for instance, in leadership and check in on how everyone's doing. You've got to come into your lover energy to replenish yourself and restore. So we need to be able to move between these. But the thing is, in our culture, most of these, we've, we're allowed mother and that's it. You know, culturally, that is the only one of these archetypes which is which is kind of celebrated. And even then, she's only allowed over there in the domain of caretaking. Do you know? Mm. We're not allowed to do it at work or we see, we're seen to be weak, etc. Looking historically in cultural history, there were, you were the mother 
and the obedient wife, or you were the witch. And you talk about sorceress because that, and that's a really powerful, evocative word mm, because mm. a sorceress knows her own value, knows her own worth, knows her own power, but isn't having to put it out there all the time. She mm. holds that knowledge within. Uh, and that's, that's not a witch. That's not a witch in the kind of, let's go and drown them in the river. Let's go and burn <laughs> them at the stake. Because it's, it's okay to embrace the other parts of you. That's what we're talking about. Here. Yeah, for us, we chose that word, I think, because we wanted to reference this part of us which connects to something greater than us. And all of us have a different name for that. Some call it God, some call it Allah, some call it, you know, Lakshmi or Sarasvati, you know, Buddha consciousness or quantum physics. You know, it doesn't matter what we call it, but we kind of shorthanded it one of many to that, to source, you know, that source energy yes. that we draw from. So, for us, sorceress kind of felt like the the right reference for that. And I think we, because of you know what happened five six hundred years ago to women, when out when when that power was so stripped from us and you know debased, and we we were literally burned at the stake for our inner wisdom and that knowledge. The women's wisdom, I think, has been really suppressed a lot mm-hmm. in recent centuries. And I think what we're seeing at the moment, and what I really feel powerfully this moment in history has available for us is that what we need now is that women's wisdom mm. or it is not just women's wisdom it is that it's that intuitive wisdom it's something that men and women have access to but it is something that that is if we allow it as women it is how we can operate you know operating from our intuition from our knowingness and stepping into that calling or purpose work without feeling that we have to always go after the trappings of what our cultures tell us is is right one of the things that i see as people rise and they find they find the thing they would they want to be doing and it feels so purposeful is then doing too much of it yes and that's where the burnout sits so let's let's talk a little bit about that and dissect when we're talking about burnout what are the most common experiences that you see with the women leaders who work with you well most of the women who come into our community would not call themselves burned out until they've been in the community for about six months and then they go, oh, oh, now I get it. They're often just exhausted. So it looks like exhaustion, the kind of exhaustion that no amount of sleep does enough, the kind of exhaustion where their their thinking's just a little slower, like they're not deciding as well as as they would like, or it's it's not even necessarily expressing itself symptomatically, but they're just feeling pulled in a million different directions and they know that something's got to give. So that's kind of how it shows up. And the I guess the causality of it, what's happening underneath it very often is that we are falling into oftentimes martyr archetype where we are prioritizing other people's needs as higher than our own. So because mother is the only one we're allowed, you know, kind of culturally, we tend to then think that, okay, therefore we need to sacrifice for everybody all of the time. We put our boss's needs ahead of our own. We put our kids' needs ahead of our own. And, you know, that's a thing that we do. That's normal. That's a normal natural part of life that we put our kids' needs ahead of our own. But we also put our neighbours and our friends and the other mummies at the school gate and what they think. And we put mm-hmm. all of all of their needs before our own. And we we forget the basics. We forget the basics like get enough sleep. The basics like have you had two litres of water to drink today? The basics like did you stop for lunch? Did you go outside and take some fresh air? And one did of you the live? Big, yeah, did you, exactly. <laughs> this is one of the biggest shifts that women kind of discover when they start working with us is that if they can attend to the basics the real basics, just what we, we call their, their replenishable needs, those things which we just need to pay attention to every day, 
the shift is dramatic and then they're far more easily able to live from their queen energy, from their sorceress energy, from their lover energy, just by taking care of the basic needs. It's such a critical piece to look at. What happens? What's the what if, if this isn't addressed? The what if, if it isn't addressed is that we end up on our knees and actually burned out. And I have seen women who can't stop weeping because they can't pick themselves up. Chronic fatigue, ME sort of diagnoses. I've seen women who've come in with cancer diagnoses and so on. Women whose marriages have collapsed because they've been spending so long in that masculinized superwoman energy that their partner who is probably also very masculine energy, whether it's a woman or a man, they're at loggerheads and and there's no space for them to be their authentic selves. There's no frisson in the relationship. But I think the thing that is most critical here is that when we get out of touch with our, our needs and our body telling us what we want, our body is our it's our receiver, right? It's our receiver of the, what I would call the divine kind of, you know, radio waves. Our body is the thing that informs our intuition, that kind of translates those, whatever it is, I don't understand it, but you know, whatever it is that comes in, it's our body that receives it and translates it and gives us that message. So if we're out of touch with our body, we get out of touch with our intuition. And if we're out of touch with our intuition, we're out of touch with our purpose. And if we're out of touch with our purpose, then we don't know why the hell we're doing on this planet. And we're can never fulfill on whatever it was we came here to do. And then we feel lacking. Then we feel everything. No, there's no reason. Why should I bother doing anything? Why should I look after myself? Exactly. We're purposeless. We're purposeless, which feels yucky for you as an individual. But for me, what's more important about that is I believe every single one of us was put on this planet to have a positive impact in some way, shape or form. And if we're not tending to our body's needs, if we're not tending to the vessel that is our receiver, then we can't hear it. We can't show up to it. We can't find our courage and our bravery for it. And then my kids, your kids, their kids, their grandkids, they're the ones who lose out because we can't have that positive impact in the world, which is so, so necessary right now. Yeah, absolutely. And particularly with everything going on around us, around the world. And interesting, as we talk about female leaders, and yes, we talk about you know the masculine energy, but when you look at some of the countries who are led by feminine women, Oh my goodness, they are killing it right now. Who doesn't want to go live in New Zealand? Exactly <laughs> right. Jacinda Ardern is just the pin. This is what I'm so excited about right now, Anna, is we are finally seeing role models of this compassionate, strong leadership that I I didn't even, I couldn't, I was looking for them 10 years ago and I couldn't see them. Even six years ago when we launched the organization, they weren't particularly visible. But now we see them, we see them in New Zealand, we see them in Taiwan, we see them in so many of the Nordic states. Mm. It's incredible. You know, there's so many opportunities to see great political leaders. And we look at their their COVID responses in some of these countries compared to the COVID responses of some very male-led countries. And it's incredible, the difference that that is there. And even if it's, you know, not even looking at the strategy, just looking at who the person is being with their people. Do you know? They have a very clear plan. I think everyone needs a clear plan and direction, but they also need vulnerability and authenticity authenticity. Just tell us how it really is and how you really are. And I'll believe you more, you know? Absolutely. Mm. So for someone then who has maybe listened to you today and thought, "Mm, actually, life isn't quite what what it should be right now. Where do they start with making sure they recover from ongoing burnout? What do they do? 
I think the first thing to do is pay attention to your needs. We talk about seven rituals for calming the daily chaos uh, here at One of Many, and um, we've got a fabulous little free training on that, which helps people to understand how they can get more in touch with their needs, what it is that is right for them, and get some little rituals in there every day that can form a real foundation towards replenishment and, if necessary, recovery, you know? Mm. So that's a really powerful place to start. But the key piece is to pay attention to your needs. Your body has all the answers. It will tell you everything you need to know if you'll slow down and listen to it long enough. One of those rituals that we highly recommend starting with is some kind of journaling practice. Because if you start journaling, you can't do that for a long period of time without discovering what's actually going on inside. I am a big journaling buff from my days. One of the first self-development books I ever came across was Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. There's another snap, my love. That was my very first one as well. Yeah, it's amazing, right? She's about to bring out another book called The Listening Path. And I'm part of a a beta group for that. It'll be coming out in January. And that again, similar, the journaling, the looking after yourself, but also being very mindful of the noise around you. What's going on that you're not even conscious of? So this is mindful awareness. What are you subjecting yourself to that maybe you could change or you you switch off the beeps and the alarms that annoy you? Listen to the birds when you go out for a walk rather than just the fact you've got to walk the dog and get another task checked off your list. Live a little. And that's what we're talking about. Being gentle with yourself Mm. because there's there's, there's a lot of power in going within to come out and, and lead and rise. And I think that's a critical piece there. It's If we are gentle with ourselves, we find our strength Mm -hmm. because most people think that being gentle with themselves is a form of weakness or that they're not strong enough, but it's until we bring in that compassion or that gentility with ourselves that we don't actually discover the root of our true strength as human beings. Uh, It's been such an interesting talk today, Joe. And honestly, I've got so many people in my own network who speak so incredibly highly of you and one of many. How can people best come and find out more? Well, they can come on over to the website. It's one many.co.uk and they can even download those rituals that I was talking about earlier on the website there. So you can come and check that out. Follow us on social. I'm on Instagram. It's Dr. Joanna Martin is my Instagram handle. And we've got, you know, a great Facebook community for one of many. So if you search one of many women, you'll find us. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing that with us today. And guys, if you're listening and you know that you're supposed to be having a bigger impact in the world and it's not happening for you because you're push, 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 maybe it's time to just be a little bit softer, step back. Because when you step back, you are much more likely to receive the insights on what you need to do to spring forward. But you can't do that if you're constantly on that treadmill. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.